podcast. Yep. All right, sweet. We're good to go. All right, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Mike and Doug podcast. It is Doug is back making making a return. I am back. Doug. For now. For now. <laughs> I'm not busy. <laughs> yeah. Finally. Uh Brandon, Gray Doris, thanks for joining us tonight. It's a pleasure having you on. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on. I always have a lot of respect for people who try and make something out of their time in college and what you guys are doing really excites me for this conversation and the impact that you're having with the people around you. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. That's, I didn't notice that, but there's a lot of people around me that say, oh, I love listening to your podcast. And I'm like, I mean, I do it for fun. I didn't know you guys were listening, but I really enjoyed like hearing other people's stories that I've noticed. Well, well it's, it's, it's funny because when you're in college, there's a lot of people and where there's people, there's opportunities and you guys are taking advantage of being around all these people constantly because when you get out of college, you start to realize that you're not living around a hundred people in the in the dorm comp- complex. You're not going to classes where you're seeing potentially 30 people in class one, then 30 different people in class two, then 30 different people in class three, then 30 different people in class four. And you're seeing all these people. So you have an opportunity to promote yourself even if you don't really realize it by having this podcast, because you have this podcast and then people are seeing you constantly. And that's something I wish more people took advantage of in college is the amount of people that you have access to. Yeah, no, that that's yeah. a good point because like Doug said too, I've noticed we've run into people that barely know, or just like people you would never think that would come up and say something and, you know, you know them a little bit or they follow you on social media, but you don't really interact with them and they listen to it. And I'm like, wow, really? Like, yeah, I just, it's, it's kind of cool. Yeah. And I, the, it, go ahead, Bryn. And the funny thing with social media is you may never know the impact that you have on someone till months, years, maybe even decades down the road. Yeah, I was just going to say, um, our, I work with the football team and our starting quarterback, like he went on a road trip and he said he just listened to our podcast all the way up there for like three hours. And I'm just like, I, oh, it, recently? Yeah, recently. Hey, which, yeah. One, which one do you listen to? I don't know. He said he listened to one of them. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, this is just like, thanks. I was like, <laughs> never expected you to listen to it. But I mean, yeah, it was just really cool and neat. Yeah, and, that, and that's a credit to yourself right there. Yeah. Because Doug's been making all those footballs for so long. Yeah. <laughs> I work with a football team, so that's why I haven't been on a couple of these podcasts. And I've been busy with the season. We have three games left. And, I mean, I see all the football team every day for the last 10 weeks. How did you get associated with the football team? I work in uh, the equipment side of it, and it happened my last year of undergrad. I got an internship with the equipment side and I've been there ever since I took a break, but I've been there for like two years. Uh, I guess this is my third season. So I've been there for a while now. Well, it sounds like both of you guys have taken full advantage of the the opportunities that are around you. Yeah. Trying. And I think to another cool thing with the, the NIL stuff for college athletes, I think that. You know, it's going to take a while, but I, I I wish more people saw it as like an opportunity for like starting like your own kind of business or like just exploring like your own kind of thing. Because, you know, ideally, like 
I'd love to put like, you know, ODU golfer on the billboard and get paid, you know, $10,000, but no one's putting Mike Minahan, a former ODU golfer on like the billboard with like, you know, Chartway Arena, like Chartway yeah. Bank, like with my debit card, you know what I mean? So it's like, I feel like people think of it like with, you know, athletes making money, they just think of it like, yo, I don't be in a commercial or something. Like it's, there's so much more opportunity than just, you know, that conventional stuff. Yeah. And what, one thing that I've realized is, is in this day and age, you can work on certain skills that can make you that attractable person that maybe you're not the star of the football team, but you just have such a personality. You have such a vibration that people just want to be around you. They want to see you kind of like Robin Williams. Like he's such a goofy comedian. Like he dresses, he dressed weird. He had like 20 water bottles that he would drink while he was on stage, but it just worked. Like it worked. He found a way to get people to want to see him. He found a way that every time they saw him, they seemed to laugh. They seemed to feel a certain way. And you don't have to be the best athlete in the world to be able to, to be that person. When you look on the tour for golf, Max Homa for a long time, he, it's not like he was at the top of the tour, but he was branding himself in a way that made people want to see him. And, And I think it's so fascinating now that now he's actually one of the best on the tour. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, his, his tweets are so funny. Like I followed him for like the last year now. And I'm just like, this guy is a character and it just matches how he plays golf and stuff. And it, and he brings value to people. That's the thing with social media. Social media is so over flooded right now. And when you look at, I, I love studying people in college, people in your age, and the ones that really do a great job with social media and branding, sometimes they just put three words and it's a picture and they have like 300 likes. You're like, are you serious? That's, <laughs> I mean, I've, I have a uh, kind of a small following. I mean, it's only like 250 followers, but it's all ODU, like our school's football that follow me. Cause I work in equipment. So I just on Twitter. I, on Twitter so yeah. I always post like what we're doing that week. If I'm doing helmets or making new footballs and like, or like I ride in the truck every time we go in a away game. So I post a picture of like, Oh, road trip next six hours. And people love that. And sometimes <laughs> I just post a picture and I'm like, I sometimes I get more likes in the football team, like Twitter page. Yeah. And, and Doug, you're like the yeah. team motto and like the whole yeah. like uh, philosophy that the coach instills is like one or no, right? Like go one or no. Yeah. And Doug just like started calling him, calling himself like one or no Doug. And like, everyone knows him as like, everyone. On Doug. <laughs> I go around campus and I meet with like the marketing director. He's like, Oh, you're Doug. Like one or no. Then I met with the, uh, the men's basketball social media guy. Really? And he was like, are you Doug? And he was like, yeah. He was like, Oh, one or no. I was like, yeah, <laughs> like everyone. And I was like, I mean, I wasn't doing it as a joke, but I'm just like, this mentality we have. And that's what, like what I bring to the equipment room. I'm like, hey, everything we do, we have to go one and oh, kind of like it's simple. Yeah. You but just like put that after every tweet. Yeah. Every, every tweet, anything, if, if it's a picture of a helmet or just like, like new week, one and oh, like I always put one and oh. And I guess people are just stuck with it now, which is nice. And it, it's smart because you you want to be known as that guy hey like mm-hmm. hey if we go one and oh we're gonna feel good if we hey we we had a tough day yesterday let's just go let's restart let's go one and oh today yeah 
And, and that that positivity, it shows. So my, my company, Warm Heart Life, the first year, I didn't even know what the company was. I just came up with core values off the most successful companies in the world. Walmart, Amazon, Pandora Jewelers, Starbucks. And I just wrote those core values. And they're in, in my background, it just says care. And it stands for creating opportunities for yourself and others, active lifestyle through your words and your actions. Respect is earned, not just given, and then excel forward to get what you want in life. So, and then I came up with three sub meanings of each one of those based on uh, the, all those companies that I just listed. And I would just say the meaning of those core values every day for about a year. Of course, I would miss a day or two in there. And I started to become that person that when people look at me, they're like, wow, that guy's got a warm heart. Wow, that guy cares. But I I had to literally instill that in my mind, like, hey, these are the traits of a warm heart. These are the traits of the most successful companies in the world. These are the traits of the best leaders in the world. And with you, you took that same thing and you did it with your one and no philosophy. Yeah. You're like, hey, when people think of me, I want them to think like, hey, we can have a good day today. We can make this happen today. Hey, what can we do to get on top today? And that's what people think of you is that. And it that that's a positive vibe. And if you can get more, see, my, my simple equation is one plus one equals two. But one minus one equals zero. One minus one minus one equals minus one. So I'm like, well, if you can just get more plus ones around you, you're going to have better wealth. You're going to have better health and you're going to have better relationships. There's, there's this big common trend about depression. People talk about it all the time. Is it real? Is it not real? Listen, I get it. I, I think it's a real thing because clearly it, it affects a lot of people. But if you were around more people who weren't depressed, if you were more people who could help you reverse that depression, and if you were around more people who wanted to see you succeed and did the right things to help you do that, then it would just start to cure itself naturally. Yeah. Right. That's so true. I mean, I always just bring it back to football because it's just such a, like, if anyone's listening has been around a football team and how, like, the coaches care so much and, like, you have to make them care and you have to – like that's, I guess that's how you get everyone on the same page. Like telling, like bringing others up, telling other people to go one and zero, and just overall just brings the whole team up. But it makes sense that like you just got to get more plus ones. Like, in, in, like you can't just get a plus ten and then fix everything. It's just small, like little by little. Yeah, and like you know, you'll like you'll start to realize like like Mike is being a plus one to all. Of- all of these people who are aspiring to take their their games to the next level. He's being that guy that's saying, hey, you know, you want you want to go play at Duke? Listen, I don't know if it's possible based on where you're at right now, but if there were a way, let's see, let's try and figure this out. Well, maybe um you could play one year at, at this division three school. And if you if you become the best player in the country, then we can get you a lot of attention. Uh, so that you can uh, apply to Alabama. There's a guy near. There's a guy near me. He played at UConn. He played at UConn for I don't know how many years. 
my buddy lost to him in the um the main am this year and my buddy got <laughs> second this guy just tore it up on the back nine yeah and he ended up winning but he played at uconn for two years and now he's playing at georgia he probably didn't get that georgia offering right away Definitely and not yeah yeah, but he fi- he figured out a way. Like I, I work with a guy who walked on to UVA. I, so many people want to play at UVA for golf. Oh, <laughs> everyone. Yeah. But, but there's only so many spots. But but this guy that walked on, he just said, hey, I want to go to the best of the best. And I'm going to give it all that I can to walk on. And I think, uh, I think either his sophomore year or his junior year, he ended up walking on to – yeah well was probably a top five golf school at the time wow yeah yeah i mean like you said i've never really you know and i guess like you said with your you started your company and you know warm heart life you you just picked the core values you didn't really know what that meant and now that i think about it from someone who's uh a little bit older i guess from your perspective you're you said you're 29 right brandon Mm -hmm. and i'm still yeah i'm 22 and i'm still figuring out like my like archetype or right like my like i'm so i'm just so when when you said like that's who i am like i know that's what i do and that's who i am but like just like leaning into that and like figuring out like how to i'm still trying to figure out like how to portray that in the best way you know and i that really kind of like flipped the switch that that makes honestly makes a lot of sense to me yeah and it's like i wrote this poem and it's very simple it's i thought i was good until i saw great it's it was then when I understood what achieving my dreams would take. So I thought it was good until I saw great. So you could think you're the best boxer in the world. And then you see Muhammad Ali in his prime. I saw a video of him the other day on Instagram. He was just like, he's just like, put his hands down. He's like, come hit me, come hit me. Okay. And you see him, you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. And then after you pull him away and you're like, Muhammad, how like how did you get the reflexes to be able to dodge that so fast your hands weren't even up you're facing one of the best boxers in the world and yet you're just dodging it like it's nothing hey it's funny kid most people don't see that they saw that but most people don't see this when i was 15 i would spend eight hours a day trying to dodge a punch from my friend I would get my friends around and I would say, hey, try and punch me. And sometimes they would catch me on the side. But as I got better and better at it, no one could touch me. And I would practice that every day at recess, every day at school, every day after school. Hey, try and punch me. And I would get better and better and better. So then now that you saw great, you're like, okay, well, maybe I'm not going to have people throw bare knuckle punches but maybe I can do what Jake Paul did is, and I could start working with someone who can help me become a better boxer and dodge these punches. So all of a sudden you start training with a person who can help you dodge those punches, develop those reflexes. And maybe you're, you don't become Muhammad Ali, but now you understand the steps that you need to take to reach your full potential. And, and, and most people don't get what they want. Most people never reach their full potential because they don't see great they don't see great. You know, if, if you're listening to this podcast right now, I encourage you, who is someone that you look up to? Who is someone you aspire to have many of the traits that they have? Maybe not exactly everything. And go meet them. Go learn from them. Study them. 
what is it that like I love that you are with the football team all the time. Like you said, the quarterback was listening to your show. If if I'm in your position, I'm asking him questions like, hey, how did you how did you learn how to lead the team where all of them are listening to you when you're down 12 to 12 to zero and it's the fourth quarter and you got to score two touchdowns? Like how like like what was the like how did you develop those leadership skills? Because I, I saw the score. I saw that we ended up winning 14-12. But you said something in that huddle. What was it that you said? Well, yeah. you, well, you see, it's funny. Uh, one of my coaches in high school, he told me to read this book, The 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership by John Maxwell. And in, in, in that book, there was, there was a thing in there to say when your people are down, when your team is down. And I, I said that to everyone that day at, in that huddle, and it sparked a fire not only inside of me, but inside of them. Yeah, I mean, I'm in the locker room before they go out at halftime and then afterwards, and I always hear our coach, Coach Ronnie, like his speeches. And like, I always like think I'm like, like he just makes these on the spot. And they're all like better than the other one. I'm like I have no clue how he does it, but like, like he's he's a really good leader. But like some of those speeches, I'm like, like wow, it's just crazy, and it just gets the guys fired up. And then even after a loss, like the what he says, like he just says it like correctly and at the right time. And I'm just like wow. I'm like I mean he's like he's got the experience. That's where that comes from. He came from Penn State, so I'm sure he's seen some halftime speeches and stuff but right yeah imagine like the amount of positions he's been he played quarterback at cornell as well yeah. right yeah so he played quarterback at cornell and then he's coached for probably 15 years yeah. probably now so imagine like all that experience like it, to you it probably looks like on the spot but to him that's yeah, just like all those years in, of experience like, in his, ingrained in his brain yeah, yeah it's like second nature to him who who are some people you guys look up to hmm well, the first person that popped in my head like practically was um, the guy that connected us, Logan Fitzenmeyer. That's why I bought his coaching. That's why I wanted to like learn fitness and nutrition from him because I just was like, wow, this is someone that I like appreciate and want to be like. So I, I bought his coaching. That's your, that's perfect right there. Yeah. I mean, I, I look up to our coach, Coach Ronnie. I've been like working with him for the last three years and it's just – he is a great leader like because before the football program with our old head coach like was in shambles and he came in and he like flipped the switch so he's very determined like like winning mentality focus and he's pretty much leading like the whole organization like just to go one and oh and he just keeps doing that constantly like he's never like he never has an off day and like he's always on top of things like he never forgets anything it's crazy like mentally like he's just like with all the stuff going around like him he's always like just so sharp with stuff who do you look up to brandon it's a great question in in just anybody or yeah a specific I mean, area uh in you know I guess something, you know, you're focused on your, your business coaching, right? So 
someone in that space, I guess, like someone to do with like the goals, someone you maybe want to emulate. Yeah. So one, one person I really look up to in the, in the business coaching field is Brandon Dawson Mm. and Brandon Dawson. I've seen him take a business from the very beginning to, I think in three years, 75 million. Wow. And and he, he had a business that he had built before that, uh, but he, decided to start all over again, partner with this guy, Grant Cardone. And uh, he said, Hey, you know, I've been working my whole life to figure out how to help businesses grow at an accelerated rate. And I think we can take what I did in uh, 15, 20 years. And I think we can do it in five years. So wow. I've been able to see a guy take a business from zero to 75. And I think, I think they're going to hit in the hundred million some area this year. And maybe even 150 million in uh, in four years, you know, and it's just it, it's just very cool to see. So personal, professional, and financial goal setting, I learned from him, and, and I really learned that most people are not thinking big enough, and that's why they lose motivation for goals. So a lot of people, when I first started doing goal setting, a common goal was like, "Hey, I want to get to ten thousand dollars a month." And it was like, okay, great. And then we would set up a plan to do that. But then what I often found out is people wouldn't take the action necessary to be able to do that because they couldn't see what was past that goal. Mm. So, so my goal is to have 10, 10,000 student universities across 10 of the best cities in the United States where people pay a thousand dollars a month to go to school and they're able to pay for it uh, without going massively in debt because we actually are helping them get a job and retain a job and growing a job while they're at school. So that's a vision of mine. And instead of going to school for four years, they can go for one or two years. And that pushes me because that's a billion dollar business that will allow me to have a plane where I can travel to these different cities and be there and show my face and see how things are running. And grow a massive, grow with a massive group of people. So like, if you look at my Instagram, my main hashtag is growing together, growing together, growing together. Because when you achieve success, some of you who, what are most of the people who listen to this? Are they, are they golfers? Are they football players? Are they aspiring college athletes? Uh, All three. Yeah. I would say that that you just pretty much just made up the demographic right there. (laughs) So, so a perfect example is you work your whole life to play college golf and then you make the golf team and you win the first tournament and it's like, okay, what now? <laughs> right. It's like, I, I just won the tournament and you know what? I played so good that we won the national championship, literally hit everything that I wanted growing up. And it's like, well, I don't have any more goals. I have nothing else I wanted to go for. That was all I wanted to do growing up. That was the top of the mountain for you. Is that the fulfillment that you wanted? One day of celebrating with your team, one day of having dinner with people there. And I was lucky enough to feel like I hit the top of where I wanted to be at about 26 years old. I I just had no, like I had worked nine years to be able to get there. And I was like, man, I'm around 200 people right now. And no one knows what I just went through the last nine years. 
No one knows the amount of times that I went out of my comfort zone to drive an hour and a half to shadow someone, to be so intimidated walking in the door that I almost walked away. Like, like people don't know how many times that I did that. People don't know how many times times uh like i did nine internships every summer when a lot of people would go home i would go to a different place i I went to cape cod i went to boston i went to florida i went to new jersey sometimes i didn't necessarily have a place where i knew i was going to live when i first got out of college i lived in a place where i was literally i ended up living at a place where i was genuinely like very intimidated and scared for my life. The last two months I was living there out of the six months because the lady that I found that I ended up renting from because it was the cheapest option. I found out she was bipolar and she would just go absolutely nuts some days. And, you know, so it's, it's just like, though, though no one saw that when I made it to the top of the mountain, the, the amount of times I was like, what the heck am I doing? <laughs> like the landlady or like your girlfriend? No, no. So this was, this was, I tried to find the cheapest place to live okay. and it's like a roommate and yeah. So, you know, separate rooms, but it, I was just literally renting the room, but it was her place. I had to go through her for everything. And, um, it just turns out she was bipolar. And if you've ever been around a bipolar person, one day it's like totally normal. They're like the nicest person in the world. And then the next day it's like, it's like the end of the world. And, uh, so, but I went through a lot of moments like that. That's just one in particular to be able to learn from the best of the best. Like I, I would go to these different towns to work for three months where I didn't know anybody. It was like, I knew nobody. I had to figure out how to make friends. And it was like every summer I had to figure this out. (laughs) And, you know, it, it it was one of those things. I, there was there were so many steps to be able to get to where I wanted to be, and then I was like, man, this isn't fulfilling at all. So I said that the next time I go to the top of the mountain, I want to walk that mountain with a massive group of people, so that we can share those experiences together, we can grow together, and we can go through the ups, we can go through the downs together. So that's that's why I designed the next part of my life based off this vision of Warm Heart Life, where we're growing together with as many people as possible. And one thing that I think is pretty cool, because I, I don't want to diminish the dream of someone who wants to be a PGA Tour player, because one thing I encourage you is to, to think in the mindset of the impact that Tiger Woods, that Rory McIlroy can have. So you know, Tiger Woods, he's one of the most charitable guys that there there has ever been. You know, he's got his foundation, all of that stuff. So, you know, if if you said, hey, you know, I want to be the, the best golfer in the world who has the biggest impact charity wise on the PGA Tour, that's pretty inspiring. You know what I mean? That's that's and that's probably going to push you to do a lot of the things that you need to do, like at 10 o'clock when you had the worst round of your life to actually watch rewatch your footage to see what you did wrong what you could have done better to 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 have the humility to say hey i was leading the national championship and i shot 78 in my final round i need to get men- i need to get help with my mental game to have the humility to be able to do that and then work with a coach who can help you get in that mindset of what you need to do to get to the top of your game you know but 
a lot of people they have those downs and they they're not thinking big enough to be able to to be able to get through the challenges to get them through there so they can keep going up. So that that's the main thing I learned to cap that all back. That's the main thing I learned from Brandon Dawson is that you got you got to believe big to achieve big. You got to think big to be able to make some great things happen and push you through those challenging times. Yeah. That's really really well said. So, Brandon, I guess you seem like a pretty knowledgeable guy. Take take us back a little bit to like where where did this journey for you begin? I know obviously you said you achieved that goal of, you know, you mentioned earlier, you know, becoming top 25, I think it was, fitness, uh golf fitness instructors and coaches and and now you've you're into, you know, business coaching, but where did you get your get your start in all this? Yeah, it's a great question. So I was in high school and I committed to go into Methodist University because they had a golf management program where you could you could try out for the golf team if you wanted to, but you would get internships every summer at these nice golf courses. And whether you played on the team or not, you, there was a course on campus so you could play all the time. So, so I just committed to go there. I didn't really know what I wanted to go to school for. I just knew I wanted to get out of New York and that was the only way. That's the only way my dad was going to let me um, go outside of a SUNY school because in New York, they have SUNY schools and it's a lot cheaper tuition if you stay in state. But yeah. I didn't want to. I wanted to leave there. So. <laughs> Understandable. Um, <laughs> yeah. Too. So I ended up finding that if you go to a golf management program, there was none in New York that were accredited. So <laughs> that was my out. So but after I committed, I had met this guy who took me through a TPI Titleist performance Institute, which is a fitness screen for golfers. And he was a physical therapist and I really liked it. I was like, this really interests me, but I'm not going to go to school for physical therapy because I didn't like it. So I went to school for golf management and I would, I did the whole process, but I just got really into fitness and I would get the TPI certifications and people started asking me, Hey, can you do evals? And then eventually people were like, Hey, can I work out with you? And I think my junior year, I looked around me at one point and like seven people were working out with me while I was working out. (laughs) So I was like, I was like, I think maybe I should, maybe I should like train them if they're just doing my workouts while I'm working out. There's kind of a lot of people here right now. So I just said, Hey, I'll do a six 30 and I'll do a 10 30 and I'll start training you guys. And that's, that's kind of how I got started. Then I did an internship in Boston. So I saw a great at Mike Boyle strength and conditioning. Uh, and the only reason I did that is because my junior year, this guy, Lou Miller, he's, he's somewhere in North Carolina. He's in his seventies. Great guy. This guy, Lou Miller, he came to Methodist and it was, it was one of those mandatory things that you don't want to go to, but you have to go to. And I was so glad I did because he talked about this concept that really clicked with me. We were talking about simplifying things earlier. He said, he said he wanted to be the best in the world, the best golf teacher in the world. And if, if you're not into golf, just think, Hey, this guy wanted to be the best in the world at what he did. So he wrote down the top 10 people in the world, the top 10 golf teachers in the world. And what he did is he learned, observed, shadowed all 10 of those people. <laughs> so, so, you know, Mike, you're really into golf. So like picture Butch Harmon, uh, 
Claude Harmon, who who's that George Genkis. So like those those types of people. Yeah, right. So he wrote down literally the top ten, and then he just learned, observed, and shadowed all ten of those people. Wow. And he he ended up having a lot of success in the golf industry, and di- he ended up going into the business side of it. And I was like, well, why don't I do that? <laughs> I was like, this just makes too much sense. Yeah. So I was like, who are the top 10 golf fitness people in the world? And I started writing them down. And I think three weeks later, I ended up talking to one of the top three guys on my list on the phone. And he told me everything. I was 20 years old at the time. At 20 years old, he told me everything that I needed to do to be successful in the golf fitness business. I still think about that conversation. I took it at like, I probably took it at 6.45 in the morning. Wow. Because I I followed up with him because I didn't hear back. And I was just just like, hey, can we still have this call? And he, he emails me. He's like, hey, can you talk? at 6 45 i have a 15 minute break between clients and he talked to me that day didn't ask for any money and it was crazy because six years later i was i believe the youngest person on the list but six years later i was on the same list of, as him as top 50 golf fitness trainer in america wow and uh it was just crazy thinking back like at 20 years old, this guy told me everything I needed to do to be successful in the business. And I mean, I, I don't know if I learned from the 10 people on that list, but I certainly have learned from a lot more than 10 people that are at the top of the top of that business. And I've just taken that philosophy with me the the rest of my life. So that that's kind of how that all started. But I, I also probably a month later, I got to shadow the Duke men's and women's golf team for a day and then probably a week or two later or maybe a month maybe no this was in the spring i got in touch with the former chicago bulls strength and conditioning coach and he said hey you got to shadow my my guy at unc who's the basketball strength and conditioning coach so i just go up to unc for a day and i spend like a half a day with the university of north carolina basketball strength and conditioning coach and then that summer, I went to learn from this guy, Mike Boyle, who just won the World Series as the Red Sox strength and conditioning coach. And the rest was history. After that internship, that my confidence level went up and my credibility went way up. And I ended up getting hired by the school when I when I came back for my senior year. <laughs> it's it's crazy wow. how like such like simple things about like shadowing or like making phone calls can lead to bigger things. That's what I think some schools lack in teaching or educating their students. Cause I remember when Mike and I were playing golf here, there was none of that. Like no one told us what to do or anything. Like today there's career day for juniors. Was it? <laughs> yeah. It was It was today because a bunch of football players were like, Oh, we got career day at 7 PM. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, you guys go have fun. Like, I bet you're not going to learn anything down there. And they probably haven't learned anything down there. And simple things like what you said, Brandon, like writing top 10, like people who you want to be, and then trying to make a phone call with them and see what they did. And that's... You know, it almost makes too much sense. Yeah. Like, it doesn't... like. <laughs> 
the way things are set up and the way society and school functions, I feel like in some regards is so backwards that when you lay out something like that, that's so simple and works so well, it's like, doesn't compute for, for some people. And no, I know Doug, the career fair in the years past, you know, it's just like, I understand why and I understand why the people that put together and why they're there, but yeah, I mean, it's not practical and I mean, it's no one's fault, but no, uh, no like, do you want to go get a job at the local Harris Teeter or Enterprise Rent-A-Car? Like, you yeah, have a college the, degree. Do you want to like, why Fox and Rec Center are always there from <laughs> the local town and just stuff like that. But I just think another thing is like, if you do go reach out to people that you want to be, they're going to be like, they're going to be like, oh, wow, this is great. Like, I would love to help you. Like stuff like that. That's what people I think are scared of. Yeah. I mean, you ask the most successful people in the world, hey, what would you tell your younger self? What would you tell yourself in your 20s? Almost every person would say, hey, I wish I asked for help more. Yeah. Mm, interesting. Because I, when I first started in equipment, my boss, who like, who has been like at the program like since 09, like he recently left and I learned all my stuff from him. And I mean, I asked so many questions and he got so sick of me. He was like, Doug, stop asking questions. <laughs> and he got so sick of me, but I was like, I need it. Like, I want to learn. And he told, he told me pretty much everything. So who, so this is a great example. If you wanted to be the top equipment person in NFL or college sports, who would you go to? I have a friend who's at uh, the Washington Commanders. He was one of our student managers last year and he's up there now. And I always talk to him and he, his head guy is really nice. Then it's just through the, like, you just got to go up the ladder. Like if I talk to him, he'll get in contact with that guy and then I'll have a phone call and that's it. Like it's not that hard. And, and, and when most people are stressing over chemistry homework, you're talking to the top of the top in your business. Yeah, I, I can guarantee you, you're going to learn a lot more from that one phone call, not only from the phone call, but from asking mm -hmm. people to help you get to where you want to be. Yeah. Like just last week, I had to email the head equipment guys from the, the Chargers, the Eagles, the Giants, Green Bay and the Commanders because we were just I was sending care packages to our former players and I emailed them and they're like, hey, if you want anything, let us know. Like just simple stuff like that. I mean, because we're like in equipment, so everyone knows like the struggles and whatever would do. Everyone does like a similar job, but it's just simple stuff like that. Yeah. And what I would say is, yeah, like I, I would just love to to spend a day there in shadow. Is, is that a possibility? Yeah. I would love to go to the Chiefs. <laughs> See, and 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 a lot of people in college would use, oh, I don't have the money to do that. Well, you you have a credit card. A credit card gives you however much amount of money. Just go do it. Trust me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you, know, you you will learn more from that experience. You will build more connections from that experience than you can even make sense of money-wise. Yeah, like the amount of connections yeah. I've made in equipment, it's crazy because every week new team come in or we go there and we always talk to the equipment people there and they always tell us like, I don't know if I I don't know if I told you, but last week Marshall, we just played Marshall. We went out with the equipment people the night before because one of our uh, shoulder pad reps was in town, so he took us out to dinner. 
and the Marshall guy told us that the head guy at UVA forgot five jerseys going to Georgia Tech. He forgot five of them and then had to make some. And then the next day he got demoted and isn't doing football equipment anymore. Oh He's doing gosh. Olympic equipment. Oh, not Olympic. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just like crazy stuff like that. And like now we have that connection. And the head guy who was at Marsh, who's at Marshall, was the head guy at Duke for basketball. And he kept telling us, I was like, I always question why I left. <laughs> that's what he said. I'm like, huh. Oh. Yeah, but no, that's that's a good point. I mean, you know, Logan, I mean, his coaching's not cheap. Like, I didn't have, <laughs> you know, a few thousand dollars to spend on that, really. Like, I could afford it. I mean, I was working, you know, a job over the summer in, in a cart, you know, in the cart barn and, you know, running my business and doing different stuff. But, like, yeah, like, that was not a smart financial decision, per se, to, like, spend that money on that. But it's yielded me, like, 20 times like you can't even quantify or put a dollar amount on the connections and people and the the not even just like the knowledge i've learned from him but like just the people he's introduced me to for example you being one of them and it's like like i don't know where any of that could lead brandon like i don't know one day i could help you or you could help me like you invest in something that has like an infinite roi really and that's like that's what shadowing is if you're buying someone's coaching or if you're just you know shadowing them or learning them from a day learn for a day you could meet other people there that you could meet down the road it's like it's like an infinite amount of return on your investment it's like it's such a no-brainer but and if you do this at a young age especially in college if you go shadow someone for one day they might offer you an internship it's yeah another thing it's like so many if things. i was i mean when i was on that's one thing like i regret like not getting more experience during school until like my senior year of actually doing something yeah i was busy with golf but i was like i wish i had all this free time to go do something figured out what i liked and what i didn't like yeah yeah and a lot of people get caught up like man i don't know what to do i don't know what to do well the reason you don't know what you want to do the reason you don't know what to do is because you're not trying enough things yeah you probably wouldn't have came to that conclusion doug yeah if it wasn't for the things that had happened to your life up until that point mm-hmm yeah, you know, so that's one of those things. It's like it's okay to not know what you want. It's okay to not clear have total clarity. What's not okay is not taking action to try and figure that out. Right. Yeah, that's why you say like one plus one's two, one minus one's zero. It's like like for example, today I won't name names, but I went somewhere and I walk in this house and it's it's just like empty beer bottles and I'm like, it's twelve thirty, guys. Like there's like vape smoke, like clouds of people vaping and stuff. And I'm like, well, no wonder you're depressed or you don't know what you want. We're like, what do you mean, you idiots? Like, what do you expect? Like, Yeah. It's 1230 p.m. Yeah. And that's the thing. You know, it, it's so simple. And it, it, it's just if you want to make things happen in life, you got to get around action takers. You got to get around people who are doing stuff. And I'm not saying never drink, never go to parties, right, never relax. I'm saying you have to get around plus ones. You got to get around people who want to make things happen. And if you can do that, you're you're going to start to you're going to start to see all of these incredible things coming into your life because what happens, people talk about, "Hey, like I cut this person out of my life. I cut this person out of my life. 
You don't need to cut people out of your life. What you need to do is you need to get more plus ones in your life. Because if you get more of those plus ones in your life, the negative ones, they just, they, they can't take the amount of positivity that is coming from you, that is vibrating from you. And they either do one of two things. They deflect away and you don't even have to cut them out of your life. They just don't show back up because they can't handle the success that you're having. People will be jealous of your success. They, they will. And that's okay. Those are the people that you probably don't want to be hanging around. You want to be around that other person that says, hey, I see what you're doing. Maybe I haven't done the right things up to this point, but can we have lunch together and you maybe show me what, what it is that you've got going on? Hey, I see what you're doing. I want to be a part of it. And, and, and those are the people that, you know, you want to let back into your life because people are like, okay, well, what do I do with a negative one? You just keep getting around more positive ones. The rest will figure itself out. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And I've never thought about it that way, like with plus ones and minus ones, but it's a good way to, I guess, think about it. And, and I, I am a minus one to some people. I'm sure, a minus yeah. one to some. So some people don't like seeing success. Some people don't like seeing promotion. And, and you know, like I may get an unfollow, but that, Hey, that's all right. I, that's that person doesn't want positivity. That person is not into growth. That person would rather sit down, watch Netflix, watch TV, and complain about certain things. That I could be a negative one to that person. That's okay with me because I want to be around people who are positive. I want to be around people who are making things happen. I want to be around people who are growing. I want to be pe around people who are doing some cool things with their life. Like I, I went skydiving with four of my buddies this past summer. The only reason that happened is because I started taking action with my business to get more of those people into my life. And that was actually a business thing that we did there because we were doing a program where we had to do a challenge every week. And four of them were just like, let's go. Well, three of them. And then one person just jumped on was like, let's go. Hmm. And th that was one of the funnest experiences of my life. And those are the people, those are the people I want to be around. <laughs> yeah course right yeah so i guess after you achieve your goal of you know top 50 did you feel like like what do i obviously it was probably pretty cool but did were you like what do i do next like what's my next because you're only 26 at that point so it's like what's the next thing yeah so i knew i still had some stuff that i wanted to do with that that, that business but i knew i wanted to focus all the rest of my time on my other my passion which was warm heart life mm. so what ended up happening is the pandemic hit and my mentor told me he said hey we hop on the phone it's like march 17th i'm like what do i do and he'd probably been getting these calls like for the whole week and he just goes <laughs> he just goes well, I guess you can't go to a bar and pick up hot girls right now. <laughs> and, he, and he cracked a joke and he, and he made life um, to something that was a very stressful time. And that took a lot of tension off that. And then he said one of the most important sayings that I've ever heard in my life. He said, Brandon, the truth is, I don't know exactly what to do right now. But I do know one thing. In times like this, you have to be there for your people. He said, Brandon, you have to be there 
for your people. I said, I got to be there for my people. You're right. So for Warm Heart Life, I started a mentorship internship program because I was like, I know people who are in college. I know people who are just out of college that can't find a job because the pandemic hit. I know they need someone's help. And I know I could be that person. So I started a program just based off that. And <laughs> I had no idea what the program was. Like I kind of like put some stuff together and I just went with it. I was just like, I got to bring value to everybody in here. And I had, I think 11 people in that first program. I just put it up through Indeed and I got applicants. It wasn't a paid thing on either, either end, but we would have pop our faces on on Zoom and I would teach the program for like, I don't know, five, six weeks. I ended up doing that program probably like seven, eight, nine times throughout that year and a half. And I I met people from all over the world and I started to notice that my speaking skills improved dramatically. So when the pandemic kind of seized down, I was like, I'm going to be the first person to start having personal development events in my area. So on October 2nd, 2021, I had a personal development event called Map Your Way to Financial Freedom. And that created momentum that is still going to this day uh, through now we've taught, we're just about to finish our fifth speaker school. I had my A to B conference last year. And now a lot of the people who came to my conferences, they're having events. So it seems like I'm speaking every month, <laughs> a lot of months. It seems like I'm speaking multiple times. And uh, it, it, it's been cool to really, really grow together. And now, now I have the biggest event of my life on April 15th, 2023. And uh, I'm just focused on dialing that in. And I feel like if that is pulled off the way that I believe it can be, it will lead to this big vision. It will lead to a lot more momentum towards this big vision that I talked about earlier. Wow. Did you say April 8th? April 15th. Oh, April 15th. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't do master's, master's weekend. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Gotcha. Wow. And like you spoke earlier about your big vision. Does that include, like, what exactly is Warm Heart Life? Yeah, so, so Warm Heart Life is all about growing together with as many people as possible so that when we get to the top of the mountain, we can we can have a drink together and cheers. We can celebrate. We can give a hug. And then we kind of, like, look around after the celebration. We're like, you know, I thought we made it to the top of the mountain, but, man, do you see that mountain up there? man, maybe we should go climb that mountain right there. <laughs> um, but, you know, we couldn't see that mountain before we climbed this one because we didn't know it was there. Mm -hmm. But now it's like, oh, wow, we achieved something great. And then it's like, oh, wait, can we travel around the world helping cultures from all seven continents? I don't know. <laughs> um, so... That, that's the whole goal of Warm Heart Life and, and to, to live and breathe by the core values. Wow, that's awesome. And, and so, yeah, my, my goal of the last two years has been to help 21 people get to 21K and I'm going to event, I'm going to change that. I'm going to switch some things up with my coaching. And the 2024 goal is to have 100 graduates in my program. And then as I talked about earlier, the 10-year goal is to have uh, basically a hundred thousand students between 10 schools around the United States. Right. Yeah. All based around like really 
you know, I guess just like really good educational niche, educational stuff. Would you call it practical yeah. information? Pra- practical, practical, practical. Yeah. So like I, you know, we're not going to have doctors there. Um, right. Of course. Yeah. You know, like I'm not going to have something like that, but for what the majority of people need, which is clarity, guidance, mentorship, hands-on experience for what they need. That's what we're going to provide. And one of the visions of Warm Heart Life, instead of making it just a sports school, is on Fridays, we have Fired Up Fridays, where we have a 10,000 student arena filled with all the students who who go to Warm Heart Heart U or WHL. And, And we bring back a lot of the people that were along this journey with me that have achieved some incredible things. Like we bring back the Mike and Doug's and they, and you guys come back and speak, you know, to one of these universities on a fired up Friday and you share your story about um, how you've been able to help a hundred thousand golfers about how you became the head of equipment for the Washington commanders at 25 years old, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, and you share those stories and, and it really inspires them. And it's a way that, you know, we can look at each other and be like, yeah. Remember that, remember that podcast that we did when we were yawning, wanting to go to bed, you know? Yeah. I felt like that had, <laughs> had, had chemistry homework to do, had no voice from the jets game after they beat the bills last weekend. You know, <laughs> yeah. Remember that podcast? Yeah. Oh yeah. I remember that. That's a lot of fun. <laughs> wow. That's phenomenal. I mean, I think about a lot of those things too. And what I do in, is, you know, a form of mentorship and a different, you know, realm. And, you know, I think, that's what the world needs, you know, and I, like, I wish I could go be president of the school and, you know, you know, impart all my ideas, but I'm, I don't know everything, but, um, you know, that's, that's what the world needs. And, you know, I can see going to school here. I'm Doug. I mean, you can tend to it too. It's like, and maybe it's just here. I don't know, but you know, it's just so many, so many uninspired students, and to the point where, like, even when I would, like, sit in class, I would literally, like, intentionally, like, unintentionally troll my professors in the class because they just by, like, saying so, like, so much, like, positive stuff that it seemed like a joke, but, like, I wasn't really joking. And it was, like, I don't know. It was just, like, so many uninspired people, so many, like, just everyone seemed, like, so scared to speak up or say what was really on their mind or even do anything i'm just like what are we doing here like this is just wasting time at this point like i don't even know why i show up here anymore (laughs) i felt i felt like that with school and now i'm gonna apply like that mentorship because i like we work with probably like eight student managers and i don't know what they're getting out of like working with us but i feel like they i could give them something that they could get out of it see the like some like coaching but i mean i don't know that much but like just ask them what they're gonna do after this because a lot of them don't know they they show up and i'm like what'd you do it's like uh nothing i was like like, what are you doing like there's no drive no one has drive that i've seen yeah and one thing that i've noticed is that the better leader you become the the more you'll inspire people around you to go after what they want yeah because i've i've noticed that because i I didn't like I, when I came back to the equipment room, I was like, I'm just like, I'm Doug want to know. 
and I just started... you kind of like, kind of lost your title. You were just yeah. to like kind of an intern again. And then now I'm like I'm I'm Doug one and oh, and I'm like I do like I'm just doing all this work while other people watch, and other people are watching me work, and they're like, it's like I feel like we have to work as well. So they start asking me like, what can we do? But I had to lead that first, mm-hmm. and I have to pretty much not. I wasn't telling anyone what to do, but I'm like, I right, I know what needs to be done. I'm gonna do it. And then people just started catching on and stuff like that. But I had to do that first. And then people just saw me as a leader. And now they come up to me like, what do I need to do? Yeah. Yeah. You guys are inspiring. You guys are doing the right things. I mean, you keep doing, keep doing stuff like this. I mean, it's, you're going to really, really become some powerful people in this world. Oh, appreciate it. Yeah. Just thank you. Try and do the best we can. And that, that, that makes me, I guess it kind of makes everything make sense. Look, you know, speaking with you and like, I, I was the oldest in the cart barn, like this summer at the course I was working at to finish my, my sport management internship. And I remember we'd have such, such a influx of new kids, you know, kids that maybe only work once a week, twice a week, whatever. So there's a lot of, you know, a lot of high school kids, summer jobs, seasonal job, you know, and I was there for like 10 weeks straight. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> uh, you know, every kid that, came in i was like they're all you know 16 to like 18 maybe 16 17 maybe 20 21 whatever and but i was i was the oldest and every kid that would come in i would just like grab them take them for a ride in the cart and just be like what do you like to do man like what what like what do you want to do like what's fun for you and i i distinctly remember there's one kid that was just so depressed and i was like barrett like surely there's something you like man like something He's like, no, like, I hate my life. Like, I'm just going to join the military. Like, my brother, like, I don't even know what I'm doing. I'm like, Bear, like, come on. Like, there's something. And he's like, then he he went off telling me, like, this one-hour-long story. And the weather was so bad, so there was no, no one playing about how, you know, he did this internship, like, at the, the Capitol. And he has had so much fun and all this stuff. And he, he used to, like eat subway and when all the other kids like spent all their money at the steakhouse so he could save up that money and to buy his his own car and i was like wow like this is crazy i'm like barrett like dude come on like there's something and <laughs> that was the only day i ever worked with him and i hope i had an impact on him i don't know if i did but um i know that i had an impact on some people because one of the kids that i worked with actually turned out to be a professional snowboarder and i'm now his agent just because of work, just of, I don't even know, like doing stuff, not even doing stuff they taught at school, just like trying to inspire people. And, you know, I think you can't go on Indeed or you can't go on LinkedIn and click a job. You know, there's no job that you can apply for, right? That is what you want to do or what we want to do. There's no job that says impact the world or inspire people, (laughs) you know, like if there was, the salary would be zero, (laughs) (laughs) but really i think it it can it can you can make your own and it can be anything you want if you live your life that way then it'll just come yeah and there's this book it's it's called beyond positive thinking really really good book and it it talks about this one concept it talks about how outflow equals and leads to inflow so outflow leads to inflow and you could be that that person to five guys and it may lead to one person actually taking that action right but the more you put out there the more you're due to 
that that's due to come back to you. Right. So for years, I've put so much out there, put so much out there, put so much out there, put so much out there. And I just know it's going to come back. I know it. Like, like it may be a long time before it comes back, but it's coming, it's coming back. It's it's coming back. And I'm just going to keep putting more out there. I'm going to keep putting more out there and it'll come back. And there, there's always going to be people that you, they, they, their, their mindset, their positivity totally shifts when you talk with them, but then they go back um, to their living situation where they're around minus ones and it's going to shift back. That's just, just, just how it's going to happen. Right. Um, but there, there could be people who you really make that impact and you talk to them and they're like, man, I gotta, I gotta change. I gotta get in a different situation. And they, they do. Yeah. And they do, you know, they do. And, um, you know, those people, you know, you'll see 10 years from now, they'll come back. They'll, they'll give you the biggest, I, I mean, I can't believe I'm talking about this, but I had a girl who I worked with when I was probably 22, 23, and she was probably about the same age. And I saw her for the first time in probably four or five, five years, probably randomly. And I think she was surprised to see me. I just put up my hand and I said, hey, you know, how's it going? And she looks at me. She's like. And she just gives me the biggest hug that I've gotten in years. <laughs> like she just gives me like the biggest hug. And then she like looks away and she comes back and then hugs me again. I was like, I was like, whoa. <laughs> and uh, I was just like, <laughs> she's just like, Brandon, like I was such a different person back then. Like I, there was just so much that was going through my life. There was so much I didn't know. And she just said like, thank you. And then that was like maybe like a five minute conversation after that. And then I'll, I might never see her again, but just seeing the hug that she gave me, the look that she gave me, it was like, wow. Like she, there, she could have been going through some really tough years during that. I don't know. It could be family things. It could have been a breakup thing. Who knows what was going through at that moment, but you know, just being that person who tried to be positive, being that person who who's like, you know, hey, like I'm here to talk things out, and that, and then now being that person that sh- maybe she still sees on social media that's constantly posting, that's constantly going out of his comfort zone, maybe that is what inspired her to just give me that hug and be like, like, oh, um, so you you never know the impact that that you're having on someone, um you know, that, that you may not see five years, 10 years from now. Right. And there's multiple, there's, there's, there's multiple, multiple situations besides that, where that has happened and it'll probably happen a lot more. Um, but, but it's just because I'm just putting so much out there. And when you put so much out there, it's due to start coming back to you in some sort of way. Yeah. Wow. Outflow leads to inflow. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Dang. Well, Brandon, we really appreciate you yeah. you joining Thanks, us in the conversation Brandon. and staying up late. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I appreciate you guys and wish you nothing for the best. And um, thank you for doing what you do with leading by example and inspiring the, the people at ODU and the people who aspire to be in your shoes someday. Mm, yeah, thank yeah. you. That means a lot. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed this and we'll catch you on the next one.
Sweet. All right. All good.